Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. So, good morning again, friends. Uh, we still we still awake? By with me? Good, good. All right, just checking. So, uh, so yeah, so we're in we're in week three of this series that we've been doing uh, for the season of Lent, leading us up to Easter. It's called uh, Life in the Wild, and it's based on uh, this book called Jesus in the Wild: Lessons on Calling for Life in the World. So, so it's 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 about the the wild, the wilderness, but it's really about life in the world, right? The, the life that we learn how to live in the wilderness is the life that leads us into this place of, of living our lives out in the world. And so that's what this is all about. And it's all based on this story from the scriptures uh, of Jesus in the wilderness. It was in the wilderness where Jesus was led by the spirit to this place where he was, was tempted by the devil and his faith was tested and it prepared him uh, to go back into the world, uh, to live out this calling that had been placed on him. So, so this is this is where we're we're going from here. It's teaching us how to live our lives as well as we walk through this season of wilderness, and then we go go back into the world. Uh, the wilderness, as we've been talking about, is this place where where we come face to face with who we are, and whose we are, and and why we're here. Um, it's where we learn to embrace our identity as people created by God, our belovedness that we are loved by God, and our purpose, our unique calling in, in the world. That's, that's what we've been kind of digging into for the last few weeks. We've been talking about the call of the wild and our call in the world, and, and today we're going to focus on uh, one specific word in our story. We're going to read our story again from Luke chapter 4, but we're going to focus on one particular word. You know, uh, one of the things we talk about a lot is how one word has the power to change our lives, right? Um, and so today we're going to focus on one, one word that, that I believe maybe more than any other word has the power to change our lives for the good and for the not so good. Uh, this tiny little word that we're going to look at today, it has the power to plant seeds of, of doubt in our hearts and minds. It has the power to drive us to the, the depths of, of despair and discouragement and, and destruction. But this little tiny word that we're going to look at, it also has the power to plant seeds of, of faith and hope and love in our hearts and minds. So much so that it can raise us out of those dark places into a place where we can, can see the light of, of life. This, this word, this little tiny word that's so full of power, it, it has only two letters. And if you know it, I want you to say it right now. Anybody know? If you know what that word is, just say it right now. If, that's right, that's right. That little word, if. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Alicia. She's like, it's on the paper. Yeah. <laughs> My, I didn't need my dramatic buildup then, did I? <laughs> so I want you guys to hear this passage of scripture again. This is Luke chapter four, and it is on your sermon notes. Uh, but I want you to read it. And I want you to pay a special attention to that little word, if, and where and how it shows up in our story, okay? Uh, this is God's word for us today. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing 
during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil then led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me and I can give it to, to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And there's that word again. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for here, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. If you are the son of God, if you worship me, if you're the son of God, then prove it. That's basically what's going on here, right? Satan is using this little word to plant, to, to attempt to plant seeds of doubt in Jesus's heart and mind about those things that we've been talking about. Identity, belovedness, purpose, who he is, whose he is, why he's here. And I believe that this story is in the scriptures, not only for us to learn more about who Jesus is, but for us to learn more about who we are, to learn not just about his life, but to learn about our life and how we can live it uh, with confidence, even in the midst of these doubts and struggles and temptations and trials that we experience every single day in the wilderness. So, so I want us to dig into this little word, if, today. And I want to start with this question. Where have you been impacted by an if in your life? What does that look like for you? Maybe, maybe there are some of you today that are here and, and you're wrestling. There's an if that's swirling in your heart and in your mind today. Maybe it sounds like this. What, what, what if, right? What if this happens? Or what what if I don't have what it takes? What if, or if, if I do this, what will people think? Or if I don't do that, will people think this, right? I wonder if any of those if statements are resonating with you at all this morning. If I'm honest, uh, there are if statements that, that swirl around in my heart and mind all the time, and I have to be intentional about identifying them and, and addressing them. There have been times in my life when, when that little tiny word, if, has kept me stuck in the past for, for way longer than I needed to be. Those little questions like, oh gosh, if I had only done that, or if I hadn't done this, then maybe this wouldn't happen. How about you? Can you think of some if questions like that? There have been some times in my life when 
when that little question, that little tiny word, if, has, has kept me stuck in a place where uh, maybe you're familiar with this condition. It's called analysis paralysis. Has anybody ever experienced that before? Where we think about all the things that could happen, right? And it keeps us from doing anything, right? There have been times in my life where, where I've been stuck in that place thinking about what could happen and being fearful of anything and everything. There have even been times in my life where this little tiny word, if, has sent me down this path spiraling and it took me a while to recover. Even, even in my relationship with God, you know that our relationship with God, our spiritual life is not immune to this little word, if, is it? How many of you have ever heard this phrase before? Well, if if God really cared about me, then, then why is this happening? If God had just done this, then things might be different. Or if God would just fill in the blank, then things would be the way that, that I want them to be. That little tiny word, if, can make us question who we are and whose we are and why we're here, right? Are you with me? But you know, the opposite is also true. That word if has the power to, to lift us out of those places as well. There have been times in my life where, where that little word if has kept me from going crazy in situations where I've had to really trust God and lean into my faith and believe if, 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 if I know that God is with me um, then and that God's gonna provide, then maybe I can find the strength to take that next step of faith. I can keep going even though I can't see it or even though I can't feel it, I believe it because of that if statement. There have been times where an if has kept me hopeful in hopeless situations, trusting not in, in my feelings but in the truth of, of God's word. I wonder if you've ever experienced that before either. Just like we kind of sang about here just a few minutes ago, right? He won't fail, right? We believe that. It was a question, but it was kind of a rhetorical question, right? Will he fail? No, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God has done it before, God can do it again. How many of you have had to cling to an if like that before? So my, my point this morning is that this, this little tiny word, if, it can, it can be poisonous, but it can also be potent. Uh, what could happen can be a source of fear, but it can also be a source of faith. Uh, but, but often, as with many things, the choice is ours. And so this morning, I've got three things that I want to share with you from our story that I think speak into our story. They teach us how to follow Christ as we walk through the wilderness and back into the world with confidence. And they're on the little sheet of paper if you want to look at them. Uh, three phrases that I think kind of sum up uh, what, we're, what we're learning today together. And it's this. If is a word the devil uses to break us down. If is a word that God uses to build us up. And if is a word that we can use to branch out in our faith and to bring others into a place of experiencing that faith as well. So we're gonna, I wanna look at each one of those just real quickly, individually, um, before we're done today. So the first one is, we've kinda already looked at it. Number one, if is a word that the devil uses to break us 
to break us down. You heard that in the story, right? There were three different ways that that the devil used that word if. Uh, the way I describe them is hypothetical, conditional, and instigational. And what I mean by that is this. The devil says if you are the son of God. He doesn't say since you're the son of God. He doesn't say uh, because you're the son of God, then tell these stones to turn. Right? It's it's if you're the son of God. He's 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 questioning. He's trying to place these. You know. Well, what it? So it kind of implies the other, right? Like, what if what if you're not the son of God, right? These kind of hypothetical situations that that get us in trouble sometimes when we kind of get that analysis paralysis. If it's hypothetical. Uh, the second one is what I call conditional. He says, if you worship me, then this will all be yours, right? We're, we're familiar with that kind of conditional or, or transactional kind of interactions with people, right? Quid pro quo. You do this for me. I do that for you, right? And that's what Satan is, is proposing here to Jesus. If you'll do this for me, then I'll do all these other things for you. But we know that that God's voice is not a conditional voice. It's, it's a voice of unconditional love and care for us, right? And so Jesus, again, um, combated that temptation with, with, with God's word. And then the final one is, is what I call instigational because I feel like it's, it, uh, he's kind of baiting Jesus. He's trying to kind of instigate. He's trying to start something with Jesus. He's trying to get him to prove himself in a way that God is not calling him to. Uh, basically, what I call these are poisonous possibilities, right? They're poisonous possibilities that, that, that pollute our hearts and minds in ways that lead to these places of confusion and fear and, and lostness and hopefulness. They make us question our calling, our belovedness, our, our identity. Uh, they make us wonder if God is really good and if we really matter, if we are really precious and, and loved. And when we, when, we, when we entertain those unhealthy hypotheticals, they move us into these this place of, of conditional, right? If evolves into should. If, if we believe God's love is conditional, then, then we get to this place where, well, I should be doing this or I should be doing that so I can earn God's love or I should do this or that so that I can be worthy or I can be accepted by others or, or I shouldn't do this or that because I have no business in thinking God could use me at all because of what I have done or what I haven't done. These are all conditionals um, that are not a part of what the voice of God in our lives. They're the voice of not God, right? Oftentimes an if implies a then. And the then can be the root of, of all kinds of control issues that we have, right? Things like comparison and, and competition and and condemnation. Those poisonous possibilities can often lead us to what I call provabilities too, where we feel like we have to, to prove ourselves in order to be accepted or worthy, right? We, prove our, have to, we feel like we have to prove ourselves to God and to others. How many of you have ever felt that before? I, I, I have this image that I have to maintain of of the perfect mom, the perfect dad, the perfect husband, the perfect wife, the perfect Christian. And if people knew the real me, then they might reject me. They might think less of me. If, right? 
amazing the power that that little word has in our lives, even our life of faith? These kind of temptations and hypothetical situations can keep us in a place of isolation and and condemnation unless we allow our faith into those places to replace our fears with faith, to replace those temptations with truth. That's one of the quotes from the book. It says, the time of temptation is not a time to entertain possibilities, only truth. In other words, meet it head on and then move on. Keep moving forward, taking those little steps of faith, trusting that God is with us. And the way that we do that is that we replace those ifs that that the devil tries to plant in our hearts and minds with those ifs that God has placed in his word. That's what Jesus does, and that's what Jesus calls us to do as well. And, and, And thankfully, over and over again, there are plenty of if statements in the Bible that God has planted there uh, for for us to receive, for us to plant in our hearts. Uh, And I wanna share a couple of them with you today. That's the second point. If if is a word that God uses to build us up. If the devil has these poisonous possibilities that try to break us down, then, then God's word, God wants to fill our hearts and minds with his word and his word is full of what I call uh, potent possibilities because they're intended to build us up. You know, that word potent, it means powerful, right? Uh, And the word potent is also, you know how much I love words, so I love to talk about words. The word potent is the root of another word. Do you know what that word is? Anybody? Potential, right? You got it, that's good. Potential, right? So, So think of it like this. God's word is the root of all the potential that we have for life in this world. God, God's word for us is intended to build us up to be all that God call, created and called us to be. And when we allow that word to be rooted down deep in our hearts and minds, then it allows us to flourish and become who God called and created us to be, to reach our fullest potential. God's word is intended to stir up faith, hope, and love in us as we store it up in our hearts and minds and souls. And so it's important for us to do that. If we wanna reach our fullest potential, we have to embrace all the promises that are found in in God's word. That's what I'd like to call holy if statements. And there's plenty of them. I'm gonna read three of them for you this morning. And the rest of them are in your, on your little piece of paper. I'd love for you to read them this week during your daily, daily devotion time. But listen to this, listen to some of these holy if statements. Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Healing and forgiveness. Matthew 7, 11, if you then though you're evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Matthew 17, 20, truly I tell you, if... You have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. These are not hypotheticals. (laughs) This is the truth of God's word. We can believe it. We can trust it. It's not a threat. It's a promise. (laughs) 
It might, and it might sound conditional, like, like if you do this, then I'll do that. But, but we know from God's word that God is not conditional. God is relational. And so that's what these statements are. They're, they're relational. God's word is describing the ins and outs of, of faith. Even in the Old Testament, when it talks about blessings and, and, and curses, it's not talking about arbitrary rules and regulations. God's word is talking about sort of the natural cause and effect of, of faithfulness and unfaithfulness to God and, and to one another. In the New Testament, Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's teaching us the natural progression of what it looks like to follow him, to be in relationship with him, and, and to live a life in Christ that bears fruit in all all seasons because it's connected to the vine. You remember that's from John's gospel, right? I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? That's the third and final thing. If, if, a word, if is a word that God can use to branch out, that we can use to branch out and to bring in. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If, there's that word again, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Then he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and I remain in his love. Again, he's not saying, you know, act right and then I'll love you. He's basically saying, this is the fruit of a relationship with me. This is what happens when you spend time with me, when you spend time in my word, when you allow my word into your heart and mind and, and, and really know who you are and whose you are. And while you're here, then you'll, you'll have a life that bears fruit. It's life abundant. It's life eternal. It's, it's life together with others in Christ. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's good. In other words, our fullest potential for a life of blessing and flourishing is rooted in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's through that relationship that our lives begin to bear fruit in the lives of others as we stay connected to the vine. And then we just be who God created us to be, the branches of God's family tree. And it's there that we branch out and bring in others to discover this life-changing life giving relationship with Jesus. What if, what if we just lived into that, lived into that identity, that belovedness, that purpose in the world? Think about that. Pray about that. As, as we kind of come to a close this morning, I just want to ask you to consider and maybe pray through as we move into this time of of response. What if questions are still swirling in your heart, in your mind today? Remember, if an if is, is not from God, then be careful because it might be full of poison. But if an if is from God, then it's full of potential. If is a powerful word that God can use to change us, to lead us to follow Jesus with faith and, and focus in the world in a way that just might transform the world around us. That's the power of one word, even, even this small little seemingly insignificant word called if. The book says, every transforming vision of the heart, home, church, or city is preceded 
by a holy if statement. Dreams begin with the idea that if we obey the voice of God right now, then God may move mountains that would otherwise not be moved. What are some holy if statements that you might be able to listen to this week? I've already shared some of them with you in your daily scriptures. But what are some holy if statements that you could lean into this week as you listen to the call of the wild and as you seek to live out your call in the world? If you truly knew who you were and whose you were and why you were here, how would you live differently? If, if you took a step of faith this week, what's the best that could happen? Maybe not what's the worst that could happen. What's the best that could happen? If, if, if I trusted God and responded this week, if, 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 if I could do anything and I knew I couldn't fail, that I knew God would provide, what would I do? What would you do? Would you be willing to at least pray that prayer, dream that dream this week, and allow God to speak to you in that place? The book says, allow the Lord to give you dreams again, dreams of helping others in your community, dreams of responding to God's call to a new job, dreams of sharing your resources with your community. Ask God what the next possibility is, and you will find yourself on the crest of a wave of ministry that's powered by the Holy Spirit. So as we go from this place to, to pray those prayers, to dream those dreams, I wanna read one more if statement from the Bible for you. And it's a question, but it's a question that, that we know the answer to. It's a rhetorical question. Paul says in the book of Romans chapter eight, verses one through 32, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. So if the devil tries to plant those little seeds of doubt in your hearts and minds this week, I want to invite you to pray what my friend calls a pushback prayer. That we remain rooted in who we are and whose we are and why we're here. That prayer sounds something like this. God, thank you that I am yours. That I am a beloved child of God that I have been created and called to a beautiful purpose in the world. Would you pray that today and this week? I'm gonna pray for us and then our, our band's gonna come up and lead us in one more song. As they do, the altar's gonna be open if you wanna come and uh, spend some time in prayer. If you wanna come up here and pray a pushback prayer, if you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do it. But let's take these last few minutes uh, to allow God to speak to us and allow us to respond. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be together today, to worship you, to be reminded, Lord, who you are and who we are in you and the beautiful purpose that you have created us for in this world. Not, not to do things to have to prove ourselves or to earn your love, but to simply be who you created and called us to be, to be in a relationship with you where we receive and give and share love. That is the purpose to which we've all been called. Lord, help us to lean into that today so that we might live it out in all of our relationships as we go back into the world. Lord, we love you and we thank you um, for speaking to us through your word and through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing? And would you come as you feel led?